How can this be? Podcast. I'm back, baby. Uh, recording this on Tuesday, August 3rd. Uh, right now, my dog is running wind sprints in the basement around me with a toy. So, I'm going to try not to get distracted by that, but he's uh, got a touch of the zoomies. So, here we are. Um, I've got uh, Garrett Richards loading the bases in the fourth inning up on my screen right now. Uh, not great. Garrett Richards stinks. Get him off my team. ASA and P. Thank you. Um, now, second episode in a row uh, that it's kind of just been me or, or last episode was me and uh, a friend of mine, George, uh, was, a, was a guest with me here um so i uh, bet you're wondering what's going on and i'm gonna tell you we'll get it right out of the gates uh do a little housekeeping clean it up here uh get down on our hands and knees with the mop and bucket and sponges um so yeah uh maddie and i hadn't recorded an episode in a couple of months before i posted one to the feed the other day so what happened was nothing nefarious. There was no falling out or any of the sort of the like. Uh, Maddie's incredibly busy. She has two jobs. Uh, we're already at a disadvantage, me being on the East Coast and her being on the West Coast. Uh, built in three hour time difference there. Um, but we also work opposite schedules. And you'll be surprised to find out. I know I'm burying the lead here. We do this because we enjoy it. We're not getting paid for it yet. You know, maybe someday. Would love for that to happen. That'd be great. So, I, I work a day job. You know, your run of the mill, nine to five, uh, what have you. She's a she. You know, she works two jobs. She's got the a few days a week doing the nanny thing, and she's got uh, she's got the bartending gig at night. Plus, you know, she's got a. She's got a boyfriend now. Sorry, all you gentlemen callers out there. Uh, you know, she's a she's a socialite, uh, surviving in the in the throes of the vast expanses of Greater Los Angeles. So, you know, uh, she's busy. I mean, so am I. I'm a I got a job with a with a kid uh, and a, and a wife and a dog. So I, I got some. I got some shit going on as well. It's hard for us to get on the same schedule. So um, I'm going to keep posting episodes. Going to give you a little bit of everything. Little uh, little potpourri. Nice little candy dish. Go over to your grandparents' house. They got the bowl of Werther's Originals and the peppermints. I'm uh, not going to do that. We're going to have some good candies. We're going to have some interesting stuff. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, going to get a little weird. Going to uh, venture kind of all over the place my my goal is to kind of have something for everybody that somebody's gonna like gonna talk about some sports stuff some non-sports stuff gonna talk some bachelor bachelorette um as those of you who have been listening to this uh for quite some time you are likely very keenly aware that i'm a big bachelor franchise guy um we're going to get into that uh, quite a bit in this episode, actually. I will forewarn you. But, um, you know, I'm going to try to keep it interesting. You know, sometimes it'll just be me. Sometimes it'll be me with a guest. If I can get Maddie back for an episode here or there, that's great. You know, that's terrific. 
we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll have some fun. We're gonna embark on a on a fun journey together, you know. So um, got a got a lot of good stuff planned. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get this uh, going pretty regularly here. Uh, getting me up in your earballs, you know. I got tonight. I got some mood lighting on. I got a candle lit. Got the Al Green softly playing in the background. I'm gonna have myself an evening, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, but yeah, that that's kind of uh, kind of where we're at right now. So just gonna be me for a while. Um, you know, hopefully you'll stick around. Hopefully you enjoy enough uh, about what what we do. You know, what I what I talk about to to stick around. So really excited. But um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into the episode. I got a lot to talk about tonight. A lot. Let me tell you, holy cow, we might have had a, a definitely a Pantheon moment, but may have been the biggest meltdown I have ever seen on the Bachelor franchise. Holy shit. Like what what the fuck happened? I I, I mean, those of you who, who watch the show know what I'm talking about. For those of you that don't really tune in all that often, or, you know, maybe your your significant other sucks you in for an episode or two here and there, a one-off, but you don't really know what's going on. Last night, we had hometown dates. It being still mid-COVID, you know, we got the Delta variant out there rocking and rolling right now, wreaking havoc on the country um all these people got to be quarantined so the entire show is on one location they've done this for the past three seasons now so for the combination claire tasia season they were in palm springs california which is like the desert uh it looked like so they were at a la quinta there uh, then for Matt James's season, The Bachelor, they were at this beautiful, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It, it looked like it, it was positively palatial, the entire estate that they were working with there in, in the foothills of western Pennsylvania, which gorgeous, shockingly. Uh, shockingly gorgeous. I mean, my my experience with the state of Pennsylvania will lead me to say otherwise about the state. But, you know, I guess uh, Blind Squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? So, um, but, and then this season we have, is taking place, uh, Katie's season is in New Mexico. So they're on on location there. And they're, all, all three of these groups have been quarantined. So the differences in the show when they can and can't travel places is incredibly incredibly different so you know all these people got to be by themselves for two weeks in a hotel room just hanging out getting ready to roll so we've made it all the way down to the final three and i don't know if they're kind of dealing with some sort of uh, Shining episode, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, you know, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy. Uh, if they're just going stir crazy at this hotel or what, but Greg 
had it, it, far and away the front runner on this season had a collapse on par with the the popular ones going around the the Falcons blowing the Super Bowl to the Patriots leading 28 to 3 he was that far ahead of Blake and Justin in the season and the only other one that that came to mind that I could really think of that was just a, a, an epic collapse uh was the Yankees blowing the 04 ALCS uh, when they were leading three games to nothing to the Red Sox. So it was that big, uh, that wide of a gap between the contestants that were still left, which is, uh, you know, Greg, who was the guy that got the first one-on-one, the really good connection, uh, uh, Justin, the painter, and Blake, the sex addict Canadian wildlife manager. So those are the three that are left. And at the end, Greg really opened up with, with all these, you know, all the, all the feelings, all of them out there. And the, the main one that he kind of kept going back to and mentioning multiple times, which is very difficult to start a relationship off this way. He said to her, you're filling the hole in my life created by the death of my father. Said this multiple times. That's a heavy emotional burden to place upon someone. We have experience with that. I lost my dad when I was 21 and that's kind of been uh, my my cross to bear having that emotional baggage since then. So I, I get it, Greg, but that's not how you want to to really start off this what's supposed to be this beautiful uh, thing, engagement down the road. Like you're basically just saying that, oh yeah, I, I have this hole here that you're gonna fill. And then if, as soon as you stop filling it, like what, you know, like you're, you're placing a lot on this other person to have to carry. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's heavy, Greg, but besides the point, we, we get into it a little bit later, a little bit more. And Greg, this is where it kind of, his whole thing started to, to bother me and my wife. We were both troubled by this whilst watching the show is when it seemed like he started gaslighting Katie and uh, it was just like he flipped a switch like that accusing her of withholding feelings Uh, like like she's the bachelorette you're not the subject of the season dude we're not gonna remember you if you lose like we don't I don't even remember half the guys that have already gone home in the middle of this season like, we're not going to remember you. This isn't your show, pal. Okay? This is Katie's show. She doesn't owe this random contestant anything. Like, he's telling her, I deserve more than what I've been given. Like, hey, man, she just told you she's not telling somebody that she's in love with them before it's decided 
which one she's in love with. She doesn't want to hurt feelings, yada, yada, yada. It's not the the best way to, you know, you have those questions. I get it, but there's a way better way to talk about this, man. Like, you know, Katie's whole strategy of, of not telling anyone she loves them till the final rose ceremony, it seems pretty reasonable to me. You don't want to upset these guys. And it, there's, it makes it so much more difficult when you tell multiple guys you love them and then you got to send one of them home i mean yeah <sighs> yeah that that's that's tough i i mean and it makes sense I, I like how katie went into it she seemed to have her shit together you know we're getting more and more uh you know subjects main characters on the Bachelor franchises that are kind of self-aware to what's toxic and what's not. And they like pretty quickly catch on to who the villain is and who they need to clip out, like who's the cancer in the household. So uh, at least we've seen that. I, I mean, I, I go back to to Pete season a lot, pilot Pete season, um, which was now the, it was the one immediately preceding the Tasia Claire bachelorette season there um, that, that was pre-COVID. So uh, Pete made every single wrong decision, in my opinion. He kept villains around too long. He got weirdly emotionally invested in people that he was going to send home. Like he, he didn't do... Uh, he wasn't very good. He didn't do the show well. He's probably a, a bottom tier uh, bachelor <laughs> subject. And before him, Hannah Brown, same thing. She kept Luke P around until the final four. When you could tell he had no substance whatsoever to build off of. He just said the same things over and over. It was like it was a plant by the casting crew. You know, like... Oh yeah, this guy's beautiful, but he's dumb as hell, and he only—he's a one-trick pony, and the one-trick pony wasn't even that. It was like a horse that finishes mid-pack at the Derby. Like you don't remember those guys, but she kept him around till the final four, and then I mean, the way she sent him home was just terrific. When she, you know, with the whole "God still loves me" thing after he was trying to admonish her about having sex before marriage and what have you, but. You know, like, Pete kept around Victoria too long. And he hung on to different villains earlier in the years. I don't I don't even remember the villains from that season. But, um, you know, now, like, we're, we're at a point, like, I, you know, the, people have talked about Greg takes acting classes. And, you know, whatever the hell it is, if it's true, I, I got to know who that acting coach is. And sign my kid up right away because, you know, I mean, Jesus, man, he lays it on thick. I'll tell you, lots of crying, lots of really set up lines. It's, it's a whole production with this with this guy. And, you know, so it was it was terrific during the episode. I got a text from a very good buddy of mine um, from from hoops, uh, calling back to my, uh, my basketball roots. Um, 
you know, you, you get to know dudes on the road that, that coach in, in basketball leagues with and against you, uh, you know, seeing guys recruiting, coaching against them in games, um, you know, what, what have you. So Greg Grippo, Meltdown Greg from The Batch, the guy that we're talking about here, played hoops at St. Michael's College, which is a small, private, liberal arts college, and I think Colchester, Vermont, uh, right outside of Burlington. Um, and they, they're a member of the, the Northeast 10, Division II conference. Um, so I, I, you know, I got some, some buddies that have, that have coached in, in the league and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he texted me and said, uh, uh, Greg Grippo throwing a tantrum on national television is actually something I would expect out of a St. Michael's basketball player. So that, uh, that really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> so that, that's kind of, you know, kind of the, I guess sort of the thing uh, about him, you know, always a head case and whatnot. So, um, he <laughs> couldn't hold it together. I, I, I just, I really, I, I really can't get over it, but, uh, and then him going to her room a couple days later, uh, telling her that he's going home and making this big production about it was, I mean, come on, man. It's not about you. You're you're supposed to you're, you're accusing her of not having the same feelings and not putting your relationship with her in a in a place that you feel it is. But you're so quick to just pack it in and jump ship. So it couldn't have meant that much to you, pal, either. You know, you're you're just there trying to trying to become the next bachelor at this point but hey man like scenes like that oh buddy not great so and you know she chased him down the stairs was begging him to come back he's saying no like she didn't even do anything like this guy created this whole thing out of nothing just i don't know just because that that is who he is i suppose but Whatever, neither here nor there. So left on a cliffhanger, like most episodes of The Bachelor. And, you know, saying, I, I want a plane home, book my flight home. And, you know, we get the scenes teasing that something's going to happen. Uh, I guess we'll see. You know, could this be it? Sure. But, you know, whatever. I I, I was hoping that she was going to pick Michael, Michael Alio, who sent himself home on the, uh, the men tell all night, like, you know, and that's, uh, that's an episode I, I typically don't watch, you know, cause I, I, I've relived, I've rehashed all these, what, what these guys have, have done. I, I don't need to see it again. I don't need to listen to Carl again, that blowhard Carl, the life skills coach or whatever the hell he said he was. Um, so I don't typically tune into that one or I half pay attention. So I, I, you know, I tuned in late after I found out Michael was going home. It blew my mind. That sucks because he was my pick to win it. I thought he was like the only one who I felt was like a really genuine dude, like knew what he wanted, knew what he needed, yada, yada, yada. 
but uh, obviously that didn't happen. Now we're down to 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 Blake and and Justin. I can't believe Justin is still on the show. You want to talk about a fucking Cinderella story. This is Loyola Chicago making it to the final four. This is George Mason back in in the mid-aughts making it to the final four. This is a team that nobody expected to be there. He was the face memes guy. How does that guy make it to hometowns? That's a novelty that's around for, I don't know, maybe makes it to week five or six, kind of, oh yeah, you know, it was fun, but ultimately like, yeah, you're about 11th place. Like that makes sense. This guy, after Greg leaves, is in the final two. He like uh, I'm I'm baffled at this that that he's been able to make it this far. I mean, don't get me wrong, guy's got great facial expressions. I'll give it to him. The brows, the mouth, it, it just works. It works. He he you know he, he he knows how to use it. He works it. He's out there on the catwalk working it with his facial expressions. And I get it. You know you got to go with what works for you. Um. But, you know, the last person that was the really facial expressions person that got known for it was McKenna. McKenna from, uh, I think she was Pete's season on The on the Bachelor. Uh, with, with the mouth thing, she was always doing the weird things with her lips and her tongue. She didn't make it, you know, till the, till the final three, till the final four, to hometowns. You know, uh, McKenna walked so Justin could fly. I mean, will, will this open a door for the rest of the facial expression, memeable people that come on the show? Because this isn't the end. There's always there's always another one coming around, you know? We're not looking for the next Michael Jordan or LeBron James. We're looking for, I don't know, maybe another Paul Pierce. Uh, you know, somebody that's uh, a, a, a great... Hall of Famer, but maybe not an immortal Hall of Famer type player that you you see once every other decade. But um, you know these these people will be will be coming around. Will they make it this far again? Who knows? I I mean, uh, just I I I really can't get past it. And and to have him make it to hometowns and his parents not come, why? I mean, you're you're supposed to support your your kid. Why not go to hometowns? You know, get the answers you need. That's that's what it's there for. You know, they're they're all caught up in the whole like engagement thing at the end of the show. Like, listen, let's get real. In the year of our Lord, two thousand and twenty-one, not all these end in engagements. Colton's didn't with Cassie. Now, that went a whole different way. Uh, Obviously, they broke up. He came out a couple months ago. You know, whatever. But not all these ending engagements. And the ones that do, I 
I mean, I know the success rate of the show is pretty low. Uh, a lot of these people end up not working out. I mean, I know Ari a bunch of years ago now. Uh, he ended up picking one girl, dumping her, and then and then getting with the runner-up on his season. So that's something. I mean, play. <laughs> Congrats on the sex, Ari. You got to play both of them like that. So, um, you know, it's, it doesn't always have to end in, a, in an engagement. Like, it just if it does, great. I mean, that's what the show's there for. You're supposed to be there to get engaged if you want to. But uh, I, I don't know why Justin's parents didn't show up. And uh, when that happened, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah, like it was great that he had his his friends there to kind of provide some emotional support and, and act, you know, in in the place of, of the parents there. But, I mean, still, like, you know, he, he's choosing to be around these guys. Like, that, that's great, you know, but you're plan on these people being your in-laws you want to have in-laws you like i have in-laws i love they're terrific i like hanging out with them i do it a lot they're fun to hang out with my my father-in-law we talk sports and, and such my mother-in-law we talk all sorts of nonsense reality tv and true crime and all that um but like you want to have in-laws you like you want to get some sort of idea of what they're like before you kind of, you know, just jump into this here. But uh, makes it tough. Yeah, like his friends are going to be around, but like who knows where you're going to be living. They're not going to be around all the time. You know, you, you're, it's a lot different. A mother-in-law, a father-in-law than just, you know, a couple friends. So I, I couldn't stop thinking about that. Wife and I were were so lost on his thing there because of it. Like, I haven't seen what I consider to be a more lopsided, foregone conclusion that this guy is the one that's going to go home since Ben on Tasia's season when he came back and she sent Ivan home. And it was like, oh yeah, no, she's going to choose Zach, obviously. Like, it was not even... They were playing two different sports. Zach's playing chess. Ben was playing checkers. So, that that I was like, okay, this... That, that, that's it. That's it. You know, he's going home. Because she... After he told her, she was like, yeah, it's really disappointing. I don't get to meet his parents. It's like, yeah, well, that's a strike against you there, bud. Um, It just kind of hung him out to dry. And all of the hometown dates, the replica dates, they all stunk. They reused props from a previous date. The rain machine with Greg and Katie's hometown. For Blake's, they basically just did your stock Canadian hometown date. The maple syrup thing. And the, the Moose Lodge with the wood and the bears on the walls and the different Canadian stuff. You know, it's just kind of like a template they have. They used it for Serena's date with Matt. Something similar, you know, with the, the right down to the 
right down to the maple syrup shots um, that they had them do. So, you know, that one was kind of just reused again as well. And then, you know, Justin took her on a a horse and carriage ride of Baltimore, except it was, you know, the New Mexico desert. So I I, I don't know. It just, you know, a little bit, a little bit lazy, (laughs) I thought. So I I guess we'll see what happens, Um, you know, with, with Blake's. I the the one thing there were two things I I liked um from from Blake's uh one his sister kind of called him out on him saying Claire was the one and then when Claire wasn't the one then Tasha was the one and then when Tasha wasn't the one now Katie's the one like where's the one man like the, you know I know a lot of people don't like Blake he's fine he's not like I don't even know how to put He's not a villain. I mean, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't move the needle. There we go. He doesn't move the needle either way for me, positively or negatively. He's just kind of there. He's a, a bro who likes to fuck. Um, you know, that's kind of his his brand there. Uh, you know, imagine having a brand on The Bachelor being fucking. But, um, and then I was kind of trying to figure out if his mom was cool. Like, is she a cool mother-in-law? You know, like I said, going back earlier, you want to have cool in-laws, somebody that you can like hang out with and just chill. Like, I couldn't tell if she would be like a, a cool mother-in-law or not. Um, you know, she, she had a little bit of that, that edge to her where she could have been, um, you know, kind of girls night with, uh, with her daughter-in-law. We're going to have some, you know, we're gonna have a couple glasses of wine and we're going to gossip and we're going to watch the the Real Housewives of, uh, you know, insert whatever territory you want here. Um, so, I don't know. Those are the two things I took away from Blake's date. We'll see what happens next week. It looks like everybody's going home. But as we know, at this point with The Bachelor, if you've watched it long enough, they don't always edit the way it ends up going. So, my wife and I got to talking about what our respective hometown dates would be like if we were on the show. You know, like, it's funny to think about, uh, especially when you've got, like, an aggressively normal family or something like that, or or in my case, a a, a kind of a bizarre family. But, um, you know, it'd just be like if, if I was on it, and I was thinking about this a little bit today, if I was on it, it would just be the the crew constantly having me like painstakingly retell down to minute details of my dad's passing and like subsequent fallout, which is like, it's like watching a draft coverage. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, the, the Vikings drafted this wide receiver. We're going to tell you a story about something horrible that happened to him when he was 14 that turned him into the man he was today. Like, they just, like, once they find out you've got, like, a a deceased relative, they latch onto it like grim death. You know, just from my cold, dead hands, Charlton Heston. You know what I mean? So it'd be that. You know, I have... I have a lot of weird family dynamics. Um, you know, like I said, my dad is, is past. Um, 
I had a childhood stepdad and an adult, you know, life stepdad. So I have like two stepdads. Um, you know, I've got, I come from, there are a couple normal branches of my extended family on my dad's side. But the one that I directly come from is why I constantly refer to myself as recovering white trash. So uh, my grandfather was probably one of the worst people you'd ever meet in, in your entire life. And my Grammy might have had every drug ever created prescribed to her um you know from like my dad used to describe it as like from the window to the end of the windowsill just lined straight across uh with with pill bottles um and then uh you know my my aunt is you know my aunt's fine my my uncle's a my uncle's a little bit out there he's uh He's something, I'll tell you. We'll get into that another time. But uh, you know, having to having to do that, my uh, my my mom, super nervous, <laughs> probably like, oh no no, sweetie, like please, you know, don't just go out, have fun, enjoy. T- like I don't want to keep you. Like don't don't worry about us. We're just gonna we're like no no no. Like this is part of the show. Like no 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 no. Like it's fine. Like you guys should go out and have a good time or whatever. And you know, my my brother who's would probably be like wildly uncomfortable asking the type of uh, the, those type of weird family questions they make you ask where like, so uh, how do you feel about the direction of your relationship with uh, my brother? You know, it'd be like one of those things like, um, <laughs> so it, be, be interesting. You don't have to have to chauffeur, my, you know, my lady of the eve around uh, Newmarket, New Hampshire. Like, what, what are we going to do? We're going to do karaoke at KJ's, uh, you know, have dinner at, at, at the Riverworks, the place I used to work in, in town there uh, when, I was in, when I was in college. Uh, like, what, what am I going to do? There's nothing to do in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Like, at least when I was growing up there. You know, I haven't really come around much in in the years since I went off to college. But you know, they've they've built some stuff up there. I'm sure I could figure it out. But like, it's not places I would have had made memories on. I, I probably would have brought it to the the railroad trestle uh, that was a, a big hit to jump off of into the into the river. Um. I probably, yeah, I mean, that's out on the kayaks, like on, on the river. Like, yeah, that would have been fun. You know, that would have been a great time. Um, but just not a lot to do in, in my hometown. I mean, I take her to a high school baseball game. I take her down to the Legion. Uh, we're going to go visit the, the florist, the local florist, like not much to do. I graduated from high school with 89 kids. My my town was, I think, like less than 10,000 people. So, like, it's, it's small town American life. Newmark in New Hampshire. So, uh, 
like, I don't know what I would do. I'd have to take her to, like, Portsmouth, maybe, you know, that, but that's not, like, my hometown, you know, but there's stuff to do there, you know, that's only, like, 20 minutes away, so, but, yeah, like, I, I digress, you know, it's tough to, to come up with, with ideas of things that, you know, you do on a hometown date, so, you know, if you listen to this, I'd love to to get some of your some of your ideas of of how awesome a hometown date or how poor a hometown date uh, you think you'd have. So if you listen to this, shoot me a DM. Um, you know, maybe we'll talk about some of them. Um, but yeah, you know, plowing right ahead here. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna have something for for everybody. So, uh, wife and I just actually wrapped up. One of the fastest TV show binges I've ever had. And over the, I think it took us less than a month, maybe like three, three and a half weeks to finish the entirety of the episodes available of The Handmaid's Tale. I got to be honest, I was so fucked up from watching that show but it's one of the best shows I think I've ever watched I and I love that like creepy dystopian shit where it's like this you know dystopia is obviously the opposite of a utopia but like the society that they're operating in is so bizarre and Essentially, the the plot is uh, I'm not going to give anything away. It's just going to be pretty standard stuff. The plot is this theocratic government has taken over and essentially established authoritarian rule over the United States, which is now reduced to two states. The capital is in Anchorage. I believe is is what's going on, and I I can only assume that the other one is in Hawaii. But um, they they take over the the country, and because of pollution in the world, it's caused a bunch of ma- male and female infertility. Children aren't being born. Populations are dwindling. So they essentially bring these women who've been able to give birth and keep them captive in sexual slavery. And they they put them at a, a different family's house and in uh, uh, an act they call posting, they post them at these people's houses. And every month when they're ovulating, they have to do what is called the ceremony. And in the ceremony, it's it's very graphic, but they essentially have to have sex with the head of the household. Um, I won't I, I won't spoil uh, I'll, I'll spare you the gory details uh, of of that. Um, and in order to reproduce, uh, and the people that are the heads of the household are, you know, what are deemed the high class members of this society 
which is called Gilead, which is a biblical term. And the main character is a, a woman named uh, June Osborne, um, played by Elizabeth Moss. And I've never wanted to root for somebody harder, with the exception of maybe Ted Lasso, in a television series, I've never wanted to root for somebody harder than I rooted for just anything to go right for June Osborne. And I mean, at every turn, it was like something would go wrong. And it was just, oh my God, I couldn't imagine living like that. It scared the ever-living shit out of me the entire time. It's 100% I would recommend you watch it. It's fantastic. It's essentially like what would happen if, you know, society as we exist today in 2021 uh, went back to live in the times of of like Puritans where like women can't read and only men are allowed to work and things like that. It's very, very, very bizarre. I 100,000% recommend you watch it. Like the show is seriously one of the best series I've ever watched. Um, like hands down. It's it's terrific. It's well written. And it's the, the remarkable thing of it to me is they wrote so far four seasons of the show off of one book one book they've written four seasons on that's incredible like that's incredible storytelling i mean honestly like it it forces you to like explore different like nooks and crannies of the book and story plot points that like you get you know a little bit extra juice out of it's it's really well done i Absolutely. I can't recommend it enough. Moving right ahead. Uh, one last thing I, I wanted to to discuss um, on this episode was the uh, start of NBA free agency, which uh, I'm recording this on the third. Um, so up until uh, you hear this uh, about quarter of 10, um, you know, everything that happens after this, I couldn't react to. But Free agency started yesterday at, at 6 p.m. Uh, on, on the 2nd. Uh, a flurry right out of the gates. I love it. Uh, seriously. Um, you know, a lot happened. I mean, just uh, a couple uh, right off the right off the rip with, that we can get out of the way. Uh, Trey Young, rookie max extension. Knew it was going to happen. Steph Curry. Uh, first player to sign two $200 million deals, uh, four years, 215. That's a lot of, that's a lot of fucking Skrilla. My God, I would love to have that amount of money. Are you kidding me? Whoo-wee, Jesus. Um, you know, so th- those ones are, those ones are, 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 are signed, sealed, like delivered, what have you. Uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, is going to get a max 184 million uh, when the league year opens on the sixth. That's when the moratorium ends and all these signings can become official. Um, 
but yeah, crazy. Like first move, everybody knew it was coming. Uh, it was the Lonzo uh, sign and trade to the uh, to the Bulls? Um, you know, I didn't like what the Pelicans got back for that. Uh, I think they got Sadaransky and uh, something else. I, I gotta look, but um, it, you know the <laughs> David Griffin not as great a GM as you might think. <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, like you basically announce, yeah, if anybody makes Lonzo an offer, we're not going to match it. Like, Hey man, Lonzo's actually not bad. Like he's a, it's pretty good NBA point guard. Like he's, he's all right. Why, oh why, would you announce, if you're David Griffin, that you're basically not going to make the guy, not going to match the deal? I mean, you can match the deal and then trade him and get something for him, rather than ending up with, with Thomas Sadoransky and... Garrett Temple in a second rounder. I mean, those are just spare parts. <laughs> You're trying to keep Zion Williamson there. I mean, what what's to stop Zion in a couple of years from just taking the uh, the RFA qualifying offer and just playing it out? And then becomes an unrestricted free agent. I mean, you got to please this guy now, and you're 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 getting rid of Lonzo. He played pretty well with last year and I mean it just not good business I mean they got Devontae Graham the Pelicans did in a, in a sign and tra- separate sign and trade for a lottery protected first rounder uh, I mean he was kind of the odd man out in Charlotte so that makes sense and yeah, just a, another guy that can get shots on the on the perimeter for the Pelicans um, you know, which is good, especially if they're going with the whole point Zion thing, kind of just letting him bring the ball up. Um, you know, you need shooters around him because Zion's not a not a shooter, but he's a he's a bull in a china shop. He's more like Giannis than anything else um, with, with his you know with, with his build and physic physicality going towards the rim. Um, uh, and you know the before the draft they swung the trade where they got rid of they got off of Steven Adams money which is huge got off of Eric Bledsoe's money which is huge and that that guy fell from grace my god he was he was a meal ticket he was a hot ticket when he was with the clips oh man teams can't wait to get rid of this dude now unbelievable um you know they brought in Valanciunas uh moved down in the draft so, um, you know, a mixed bag there. Mixed bag. Definitely could have got something better for Lonzo, though. Um, you know, Bulls really, really making some moves. You know, they were, oof, in those those Gar Pax years, pretty lean, man. Pretty lean, I'll tell you. They, they would, their whole strategy was they tried to build with young guys, which, you know, you should do. 
You know, and if you're going to be bad for a little while, which is fine, especially when you're trying to build young, but they pick the wrong ones or, I mean, they found a, a, a diamond in the rough in Jimmy Butler at the end of the first round. Like, that's a guy, they should have given him the max. That dude's a superstar. Now he's in Miami. He's getting a, he's getting the max. Like, I mean, that's a dude you build your franchise around. I don't know what they were thinking, but whatever. Traded him to the T Wolves, then to Philly, now to Miami. Oh well, but you know they're they're aggressive. The new uh, the new administration there in uh, in Chicago is is aggressive, and I, I dig it. I mean. They they made the move at the deadline for Vucevic, um, you know, pair him alongside Levine. Uh, now you got Lonzo, and then uh, oh, as as they would have said in the fifties, a, a, a whopper of a contract for Demar Derozan, eighty five million dollars over three years. Woo wee, buddy. They were talking about him having to take a haircut and, you know, go play for the Lakers for a song or something to chase a chip. But, I mean, what's a haircut here for for DeRozan off the night of his deal? I mean, like a couple hundred thousand dollars? I mean, not that much. I thought it was going to be a couple, you know, dozen million dollars <laughs> there. But... Hey, I mean, shit, it's a lot of money. I mean, that's 28 and change a year. Yeah, so, I mean, that's about on par with what he was getting in San Antonio. And he must have hated San Antonio, man. He wanted to get out of there that bad. Like, I don't know what it is. I liked San Antonio. San Antonio was cool as hell. I went there for the Final Four a few years ago. The Riverwalk was awesome. I had fun at the bars. Uh, fun little city, great Mexican food. Holy shit. If you ever get a chance to go to San Antonio, just immerse yourself in Mexican food. It is a delight. I'll tell you who we, um, and, and you know, the, the Spurs just, uh, did, uh, didn't have it <laughs> really. They got, they got Thad Young and, and Al Farouk Aminu and some picks. That sign and trade with DeRozan there. Um, they signed Dougie McBuckets. And Mc, you know, got McDermott there. They got Zach Collins, who's been hurt a lot. I mean, uh, lose Rudy Gay, that's fine. I mean, that's that's not a that's not a big deal. I mean, he, two year uh, low money deal in Utah. I think he's getting like six and a half million. Um, but like, you lose. You're losing your stars. You're not replacing them with with dudes that are, you know, killers. Like DeRozan was at least a good, like an upper echelon, like good player. I mean, they're they're building the team around Derek White now, and you know Lonnie Walker, and all these dudes that like nobody's head and shoulders like above anybody else. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. They just signed Jock Landale. My wife's alma mater, St. Mary's, big Australian fellows, actually played all right in the Olympics. Um, 
you know, he's another big body, two-year deal. I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure they just kind of need bodies too. I mean, try some things out, see what works. I mean, they're they're in tenth place. They're treading water. It's the back half of the lottery. That's not early enough to get like you gotta you gotta hit the lottery out of the park. That's not early enough to get a good like a, a franchise altering player. So I mean, it's it's a fine spot to get like a decent player. You could you know find a, a, a gem there. You know, I mean, Giannis went fifteenth. You know, dudes go later than that. So, I mean, just one of those, one of those things. Like you gotta, something's gotta, something's gotta happen. You gotta make something happen. I mean, it's been the same, same setup there. RC Buford and Pop for years. Like at a certain point, what is it that it's you know, was it Tim Duncan that, you know, I think honestly, like. They got lucky getting Tim Duncan and David Robinson, and they haven't been able to replicate that success. And, and you know, Tony Parker and Manu were, were great uh, for for where they were, but like they're they're, you know, they're they're really good Hall of Fame players. Tim Duncan is a top tier Hall of Famer. Like it, Bill Simmons's book of basketball, I've kind of moved away from Bill Simmons the last few years, like. But his book of basketball, like, I love the idea of, of setting it up like a pyramid. Like, you know, you tier your Hall of Famers. And Tim Duncan is in the tippity top of that pyramid. Like, he's he's in the rarefied air. He's in the he's in the club. You know, he's he's not just a dude that like is a Hall of Famer, like pretty good Hall of Famer. Like he's a He's an all-time great. He's a top 75, just because this is the 75th anniversary. He'll be on that team. You know, he's probably, uh, I mean, he's he's pretty close to top 10 player all-time. I mean, that's that's rarefied air, um, if I've ever, you know, if I've ever heard it. But um, it, we'll see with the Spurs. You know, I, I don't. I don't see how this changes their team that much. You know, it's all system at that point. Like, none of those guys are stars. They're all role guys. Thad Young, probably the best of the bunch. I mean, Collins showed promise. He's just hurt all the time. You know, and and you know, back to the Bulls, they, they signed the bald Mamba, Alex Caruso. So, I mean, he finally leaves La La Land. And here's my question with that. Now that he's not a Laker... Is SportsCenter going to stop doing these, you know, their their Twitter account? Are they going to stop doing the, oh, my God, look at this play Alex Caruso made? And he's putting up, like, average stats. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, Bald Mamba to the Bulls. I mean, they're going to be fun. They've got a squad they're putting together. Nice to see. Um, speaking of squads getting put together, Kyle Lowry, big deal. Sign and trade, going to Miami uh, for Dragic, Precious Achua, and a pick. Um, he, you know he's getting a lot of lot of money. I think he got three ninety, which hey, good for him, man. He's taking his dump truck ass to South Beach. He's gonna be taking thong bikini pictures in no time, putting all those Instagram models out there to shame, clapping those cheeks. Um, 
And uh, you know he's got he's got PJ Tucker. He's gonna be chilling there in his retro Jays in the White Sands. Um, you know Duncan Robinson uh, with, I, with with the stroke of a quill. Duncan Robinson became New Hampshire's probably third highest grossing export uh, behind Adam Sandler and and. Uh, I think my friend George said, uh, uh, granite. <laughs> so outside of those things, um, you know, Duncan Robinson, five for 90. Good for you, dude. Um, did you guys know he played division three basketball? Not sure if you heard that or not. Um, but you know, cash those checks, brother. Um, solidified the front line, got Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going to be good next year. They got Lowry, they got Butler, they got Bam, like, it's going to be a pretty good team. Um, Harrow comes back from that sophomore slump. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, they're going to be top four team in the East. Uh, top four team in the East. So, you know, I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, Bucks, you know, brought in a few guys on some one-year deals. Um, you know, brought in Semi Ojale from the Celtics. Uh, thank goodness. Good luck. You know, uh, and and brought back Bobby Portis, but like their team's pretty much intact. You know, they lost Tucker. They're just coming off a championship. Like, I think they're all right. They'll be able to add on the fringes. They'll be okay. Um, you know that that Corey, Giannis, Drew, and Middleton is is fucking primo, dude. They're they're gonna be set for a while. Um, you know the Knicks. Uh, brought back D Rose, brought back Alec Burks, brought back Nerlens Noel, brought back Taj Gibson. Uh, you know, just running the band back together, and then they threw the fucking bag at Evan Fournier, four for seventy-eight. Whew, nineteen and a half million a year. Gee whiz, I mean that's that's pretty good. You know, if you can get it. I mean, shit, good for you, dude. Uh, I get the Celtics not wanting to take up their cap space, especially if Fournier doesn't perform. And, you know, the I'm glad that they didn't, you know, they, they didn't play victim to the sunk cost fallacy and, and pay him there, uh, you know, because second round picks, like they could be something or they could be nothing, you know, could be draft and stash, which is how they've been going the last couple of years. They could be dudes. Like in the past, that just don't make it out of training camp. You know, it's it's a total flyer. Um, you know, I, I can live with those picks not being there. Um, you know, I think they'd be wise to to kind of figure out the situations with Marcus Smart and and Rob Williams because the Time Lord's gonna get some fucking cheddar on the open market if he gets there. Just if he is able to stay at all healthy, you know. Maybe bring him back on a on a not a not a low money deal. I don't think that's possible, but like it's something you can get him on before or you know, before he kinda sees what he can get on the open market. Or, you know, just see if he can get an offer sheet. See if you don't have to overpay him. So, um, you know, I get that. And there's not a lot they can do. They're right up against the tax. I mean, you got to want to, at some point, you're going to have to pay the tax. But I get not 
just fucking throwing several million dollars at like a DJ Augustine or something like that. You know, when you can make it work, you got Chris Dunn coming in, got, uh, you know, Tristan Thompson going out, kind of unclogs the middle a little bit there. Uh, Dunn can handle the ball a little bit. Um, you know, if he stays healthy, obviously that's been his knock ever since he was at PC, um, Providence college. And, uh, you know, Pritchard, another year. Marcus can play a little point. I mean, I think they can figure it out. I think everybody's putting too much of a, making it too big of a deal about it. Um, you know, with with regard to who's running the point. I mean, kind of figure it out. Don't rush into anything right now. Still early. It's only August. You know, you can make a move between now and then. Um, second day of free agency, like it, like there's, there's plenty of time. Yeah. I'm sure all the good players are off the market, but I mean, how many of those guys are you going to get anyways? Not many. You need bird rights. You need, you know, to make it work financially. Uh, like you can't just like sign, there's not unlimited cap space. You can't just like sign guys to sign guys if if you're over the cap. They got to fit into a certain bracket, the taxpayer mid-level, the biannual, which I don't think they have this year, um, or or like minimum deals. Like there, there's not a lot of just like cap space getting getting thrown around. That's why there's so many signing trades and shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there, we'll see. Uh, I'm taking a wait and see approach. Brad's been on the job for a couple months. Like they'll figure it out. Still early. Um, you know, uh, Sixers brought in Kareem Abdul Drummond, as he so lovingly referred to himself. Andre Drummond. Uh, I mean, shit, man. Uh, they're they're <laughs> what are they doing in Philadelphia? Oh my god. They brought back Cork Maz. They they brought in George Niang. But like, they got no spacing. We're going to get 86-82 final scores out of the Sixers. They got Embiid. They got Harris. They got Drummond. They got Simmons. They got nobody that'll take a jump shot. Like if they bring Danny Green back, teams just go boxing one on Danny Green. Right? I mean, shit. <laughs> uh, what like I don't know I, I mean uh, maybe Daryl's just doing like an opposites thing he went with the the threes all the time thing in Houston maybe he's just bringing it back we're going 1970s hoops 1980s now um, but whatever um, you know speaking of throwing it back uh, the Lakers are making a strong push for the 2012 NBA title <laughs> right now you know they they brought in all the stars of of yesteryear if you will uh Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn and then they re-signed uh Taylon Horton Tucker, which good move. He's a good player. Got him for two years at thirty-two million. He's twenty years old. Good move. Um, and then Dwight, third go round in Hollywood. 
Finally get to see Melo play with LeBron. That'll be a lot of fun. I uh, it's hilarious, it, you know that like the team that they've managed to cobble together in the the last. 28, 29 hours now um, on top of already having, uh, you know, LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis, and making, you know, making that trade for Westbrook last week. So, um, all right, then that's uh, (laughs) a, that's a good, that's a, that's a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a day for the, the 2012 Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so we'll we'll see how that one shakes out. I mean, they're all on veteran minimum deals. They can kind of just strip them whenever they want. They get hurt. They're not performing. Like, see, I'm bringing another one. See, I'm bringing another one. Um, not to put it so callously, but you know that's that's kind of how it goes. Nets uh, brought back Blake for another year. Brought in Patty Mills, two years, twelve million, I think. Um, and then Bruce Brown took his qualifying offer, so one year. Make good deal, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year. So we'll see how uh, how that goes um, with uh, with you know with, with Bruce Brown. I like Bruce Brown. Uh, I remember seeing him when I was at Plymouth. I was watching a kid at Wakefield High School. He was like a freshman. I was like, wow, this kid's gonna be a stud. Um, you know, obviously easy to say in hindsight. I didn't think he was gonna be you know fucking end up at Miami good but like you could see he was going to be good when he was like a young a young dude now I sound like one of those dickheads on Twitter who says they uh oh yeah no I knew Kyrie Irving was going to be good because he was you know getting extra shots up after summer camp uh oh you sure it wasn't the fact that he was like you know one of the top ranked recruits in the nation but you know neither here nor there um you know so uh Good on Bruce Brown. He played a lot of like center for the Nets, uh, which is a little weird, but hey, it worked. So, um, Raptors, some guys, not really worried about it. They're not going to be a contender next year. Uh, Jazz brought back Mike Conley, brought in Rudy Gay. Uh, the Mavs, uh, they brought back Boban because he's friends with Luca. It's a good job to have Luca Doncic's friend. Um, brought in Sterling Brown, brought in Reggie Bullock. Bullock will be nice, you know, another shooter on the perimeter for the Mavs. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., great year. Uh, four years, 72 million. It's hilarious that this time it was considered a terrific value for Tim Hardaway Jr., but he got four years, 71 million four years ago. (laughs) And, Everybody panned the contract saying he was a bust. You know, the, the Mavs, uh, or, you know, the Mavs were just had a cap albatross, and now they got him the same deal, and now it's a great move. I don't know. I don't get it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much where we're at for, for free agency right now. So, um, you know, Spencer did when he went to Washington. Um, Guess uh, uh, moral moral kind of develop over the next few days. Um, hopefully, we'll have some more to, to be able to talk about. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the CP3 deal. He opted out of $44 million. Must be nice to be able to, to do that um, and re-sign for, for three. 
or four, excuse me, resigned for four, uh, could be worth up to 120 million. So, I mean, shit, man. Fucking talk about securing a bag for yourself. CP3, he's going to be running offenses until he's in his 40s. So, um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's about it. I think uh, Robin Lopez, one year, $5 million, just so he can hang out at Disney World. I fucking love that. That's the only real reason I'm mentioning the Orlando Magic uh, roster move here, signing. So, um, But, yeah, no, I mean, uh, guess, uh, guess we'll have more to talk about next time around. But, um, you know, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, hope you guys will enjoy this. Um, you know, I had fun recording it. Uh, see if I can get a get a guest in the future. Um, you know, I'll I'll tell some more stories. Come on, tell some stories. Maybe next time. I just wanted to mix it up a little bit tonight. Give you a little bit of everything. So, um, you know, we talked batch. Obviously, talked a little Handmaid's Tale. Talked some NBA free agency. Like I said, something for everybody. Uh, if you stuck with me this long, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know. Make sure you subscribe, download, rate, review, uh, share it with a friend. You know, uh, I'm I'm gonna try to do a few different things. So if you if you like what you hear, shoot me a text, send me a send me a DM if you like it. You know, I'll I'll do some more of it. I'll see what works. Um, you know, it'll be a lot of fun here. But uh, thanks for listening. You know, follow me on Twitter and uh, follow the the. Show on Twitter uh, and Instagram. I'm I'm Jay Lang two zero at both uh, and and at HCTV Pod. So um, you know, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate it. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll check back in with you later in the week. All right, bye.